Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today's message is taken from our Gospel reading from Mark chapter 1 with an emphasis on these words. When Jesus came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens opening and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. This is our text, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. At the baptism of Christ, the Christian is faced with a series of confounding images. Indeed, to the untrained reader, it might appear as though verses 9 through 11 directly contradict what is said in verses 4 through 8, where our text begins. When John appears preaching in the wilderness around the Jordan, he does so to proclaim, in his own words, After me comes one who is mightier than I the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now given the outlandish figure that John cuts in his camel hair garbs and the borderline fanatic zealotry with which he urges his baptism of repentance, you might not think that this call would be such a tall order. Surely, when the Messiah appeared, he, with his mighty countenance, would far eclipse the lowly image of John, the prophet. And yet, in these opening verses of Mark's gospel, the very first thing that we see the Messiah do is to submit himself to a baptism for sinners under the uncertain hand of his cousin, the baptizer. Here in Mark chapter 1, we see the mighty become lowly, while the lowly are exalted. The sinless takes the place of the sinners. And at this humiliating sight, the very voice of God the Father echoes out to confirm this is, in fact, his plan by saying, You are my beloved Son. With you, I am well pleased. Yet, to you listening today most of whom already know the old, old story, these words might not be altogether that surprising. After all, we are already two sermons deep into our series delving into this new guiding statement for our congregation. We have already talked about how it is that this congregation proclaims and practices the love of God, but today we stop to consider. Which is that love? that this congregation proclaims and practices. Mark 1 invites us to ponder, how does God show love? Well, friends, this morning, I want you to keep the image of Christ in the Jordan firmly fixed in your minds as I share with you briefly another story. Though this story is fictional, I do feel that it nonetheless illustrates the love which is so on display in Mark 1 quite poignantly. The story, it might surprise you to learn, is taken from Marvel Comics 2012 superhero epic, The Avengers. The Avengers, to those of you who are uninitiated, centers around a group of superheroes that must band together to save the world from the looming threat of interdimensional invasion. However, the early conflict of the film revolves not around fighting the bad guys, but rather between 
two of its heroes, Captain America and Iron Man. As these two learn to work together, the tension between their beliefs and their personalities comes to a head, and Captain America eventually lays out exactly why, that he, why it is that he feels Iron Man is not worthy to be called a true hero. He says, the only thing that you really fight for is yourself. You're not the guy to make the sacrifice play. You're not the guy to lay down on the wire and let the other guy crawl all over you. Iron Man, of course, takes these words to heart. And with, without spoiling anything for you all who have not seen it, he spends the next eight or so movies proving the captain wrong. He does so by giving of himself and becoming a real hero. The point of the story is this. Heroism, as we are all accustomed to in some form or another, is defined by sacrifice. In giving of one's self for the sake of others, the character of a person is revealed plainly. It is precisely this type of heroism I pose to you today, which is on display in Mark chapter 1 at the River Jordan. For here Jesus humiliates himself in partaking of the baptism of John despite himself having nothing to repent of. This is to say that when the Christian enters the water, when the Christ enters the water, clean of all sin, he comes out positively filthy. He comes out stained with the sin of all who have entered in before him. No more than that, he comes out carrying on himself the sins of all humanity, all peoples in all times and in all places. This is how the heroism of the Christ is defined. It is this action which inspires the voice from the clouds, You are my beloved Son. With you, I am well pleased. This is the act which is pleasing to God the Father, that God the Son would willingly be made low by rendering himself guilty of all sins which he himself did not commit. This, you see, is how God shows not just heroism, but how he communicates his love for us. He does it through sacrifice. Jesus Christ, the Messiah made sin-bearer in the Jordan, becomes for us the very icon of God's love for man. As Jesus proceeds from the water, he lays himself down on the wire for us, by, be, by being carried up, first into the wilderness, then to all of Judea, and then finally, up still into Jerusalem and to Calvary. In the Gospel of Mark, we see the singular act of God's love carried out across 16 chapters. It is all one long passion reading as Jesus continually sacrifices and sacrifices himself until, at the cross, his sacrifice is complete. The hero of this story would give his life for our sake. Jesus in the baptismal waters stands in solidarity with sinners. He reveals by his humble display that the love of God is for you and for me and for all people. 
And now, bought with his sacrifice, you, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you are remade new and clean to carry his love to those who have not heard. That love which pro- that love which to proclaim and practice is the very same love which flowed out of the River Jordan. It is a sacrificial love. It is a love which humbles the mighty, a love which exalts the lowly, a love that acts entirely without self-interest, a love which concerns itself entirely with others. This, dear friends, is how our God loves. And so, by extension, it must be how his church loves. It is how you have been made to love. And yet, though we have all received this high and mighty calling, we know that we are but poor and pale imitators of Christ. I want you to ask yourself this morning, when was the last time the love of God shone through you? When was the last time that you gave freely of yourself to help your neighbor in need? What was the last thing that you did to willfully make yourself decrease so that someone else, a friend, a neighbor, or even an enemy, might increase? As you ponder these things, I urge you to cling to these kinds of works, dear Christians. For these works are not your doing, but rather they are the love of God in Christ Jesus in you and through you. Baptized into his name, you partake of his love, and so you are now given to share that love with others. St. Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Friends, this body of believers worships her God by following in his example by giving ourselves as living sacrifice, by loving as he first loved her. You, as followers of our Lord Jesus, are called to make the sacrifice play, to love in a fundamentally different way than the world around you shows love. Jesus says in John chapter 15, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Therefore, dear friends, let us then love boldly. For our Messiah, our hero, our champion, our Savior has been lifted up to make plain the love of God to all peoples. He has done the heavy lifting. The sacrifice has already been rendered. Washed clean from your sins, may you bear witness to the work of your God who came into your world, who took your sins, who suffered and died for your sake, and who now lives and reigns for your salvation. May your life reflect the radiance of his mighty love to your neighbor, that they too might see the goodness of a God who sacrificed all things for them, a God who loves them. In Jesus' name, Amen. May the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in the same Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.